This is the Truth Network. Coming to you from an entrenched barricade deep in the heart of Central North Carolina. Masculine Journey After Hours, a time to go deeper and be more transparent on the topic covered on this week's broadcast. So sit back and join us on this adventure. The Masculine Journey After Hours starts here, now. Welcome to Masculine Journey After Hours, and we are talking about boot camp. I know we seem to talk about boot camp a lot, but we're talking about why do we call it boot camp. And so if you didn't listen to the previous show and you're just getting this one, you could go back and listen to it, or we could give you a synopsis real quickly of, of why why do we call it a boot camp versus a retreat, Darren? Well, um, retreats have a connotation to them that a some people don't like, um, but that's not why we call it something different. It's because it is different. Um, retreats are usually... Uh, an event where a paid speaker is brought in. He's a professional. He knows everything there is to know on that subject. He's written books on it. Um, you know, he's he's been there, done that, the whole nine yards. And he's going to have several keynote speaker opportunities for you. And, you know, you're probably going to play some games of what, you know, what spirit animal are you and, you know, different things. And uh, this is not that. I was a firefly. You were a firefly, yeah. So this is not that. This is uh, an opportunity to, you know, a boot camp is is legitimately an opportunity for somebody to learn in a very short period of time what they need to know to stay alive, what they need to know to fight a battle, what they need to know to help save other lives, what they need to know to bring others freedom, Right. Well, that's what a boot camp is. It's this is the stuff that God has for you to help you stay alive or come back to life. Perhaps in many of our cases, that was the the case. Um, Identify the enemy. Figure out how to use the weapons that God's given you, um, which is not memorizing scripture. That's a great thing, but that's not what we're going to show you. it's, it's what spiritual warfare you have against you and what spiritual tools has God given you to fight that spiritual warfare. And so there's a lot of that that goes on, but there's also an opportunity for God to come and heal some things that are broken to uh, take you to the infirmary for a day or two and send you out restored and renewed. Yeah, I, thank you. For, for me, the, one of the things that I really got from boot camp that I never got anywhere else was the context, the rest of the story. Yes. You know, I, there were, there was a lot of the gospel I was aware of, but no one had really taken it and put it together for me. Yeah. Robbie so probably has the best story for that too. After yeah. you get finished. And so for me, context of what had been happening in my life, what were the things that had been taking me out? You know, what was the enemy using to do that with, where did that push against brokenness inside of me? You know, what was God coming after? But what had he been coming after that I'd either been fighting or not aware of? Those types of things. And so walking away with a context of the rest of the story kind of was a big deal for me. I, I understood a lot more of what the Bible had been trying to tell me, but I just wasn't getting the pieces put together in a way that made sense. Yeah, well, you know, I showed up thinking there were two people on the stage. 
you know, it was Robbie and God. And since things were terribly messed up, it must be Robbie because it clearly couldn't be God. And I lived my life, you know, in that framework thinking that I, I got to work harder to get Robbie straight. I got to get and, – and, you know, with my sin literally separating me from God. And so you're left there completely in the orphan spirit to, to you know, flail around. And then there were other issues like what could I actually do practically to try to find something that would help my marriage? I mean – it, you know, I'd been to lots of marriage retreats, been to lots of other things, but nothing seemed to be like, wow, I can sink my teeth into this strategy in order to go after my family's heart, my wife's heart, my kids' hearts. And so, you know, I know it was at one of those talks that, it, you know, I believe it was Darren that said that very word, like, there are three people on the stage, Robbie. And this other one, by the way, hates God. Yeah. He hates you, but he really hates God. And the way he's going to get to God is is he is coming after you, and you got a bullseye on your back you don't believe. And you have lots of allies, including the other people in this room, which never even occurred to me before. <laughs> and and then he began to describe, you know, what happens, you know, what we call whack-a-mole, that – you know, that Satan looks out over the horizon and he's looking for God's glory being reflected in one of his image bearers. So, you know, he's he's looking out across there and he sees faithful being reflected by Robbie. And so what does he do? He comes and attacks that faithful. And so if I try to raise up out of the foxhole with a little faithfulness, bam, he comes and whacks that mold to make sure that I hide that faithfulness. And I began to realize that, wow, every image bearer has a unique way that they reflect God. And so not only do I have my own identity there, now I can see practically if I can begin to discover what that looks like in my wife or in my children, that I can begin to pray, God, how can I assist you rather than actually assisting Satan by whacking their mole? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know. So question, uh, and there, I know each of you are going to have many answers. Right, but what what's some of the most important takeaways that you took away from boot camp, either your first one or overall? You know, where where has God just really impacted you at a boot camp as He's worked on your healing, worked on restoration, worked on warfare, all those types of things? What kind of comes to mind? To the, what bubbles up to the surface as I ask that question? Anyone, Bueller? <laughs> I'm happy to talk. I just I've been doing a lot of talking. The uh, well, that was not exactly the question I was expecting, so I'm still processing it. Why not, Jim? But because I'm slow, <laughs> old and slow. Sam I, told us before the show yeah. he was going to ask the question. That wasn't a surprise. That time. that <laughs> wasn't that wasn't the way I heard it. Then. Okay, <laughs> uh, it was the most impactful moment. And that was one thing, but this question's somewhat different. For me, really, it was, and going back to the basic training motif here, my initial getting it with God came from experiencing God with Henry Blackaby. And what I saw the boot camp as was advanced infantry training. It, it got to yeah. more what my 
purpose is. And that is my takeaway as a large punch. But I, every single boot camp I've been to, and at this point I'm not sure how many that is, but I'm in double figures, God has spoken to me. It's been different every time. And the one that I was thinking of first was I, uh, my father had died, and I went to the Colorado one. He had died like six years earlier, and I thought God had prepared me for it. Um, I actually prayed that he take my father quickly two weeks before my father died, and he was healthy, and it was sudden. And so I said, okay, thank you, God. And at a boot camp, and it was father wound. And I literally went in the closet behind the stage that was totally empty because they were redoing it at, at the one in Colorado. And I said, okay, God, you know, I, I, I had a wonderful father, loved the man, and the only wound I could come up with was he had, I couldn't, match my father i couldn't become my father because mm-hmm. he was almost an idol for mm-hmm. me the other was that a lot of times i got conditional approval but i always knew i was loved but i was sitting in the closet and i heard very clearly from god why are you angry with us and i lost it i mean i was glad i was at a closet by the stage because <laughs> i was boohooing like god uh, my dog had died, which was another time I did a lot. But I knew immediately what he meant. Mm-hmm. I was angry at God mm-hmm. and at my dad mm-hmm. for letting him die and for him dying. And the amount of freedom that came from that and addressing that. And like I said, it had been five, six years since he had died, and I'd been had that buried ever since. Hmm. So, you know, yeah, like you said, Sam, many answers. Um, The first major answer for me was that it was at a boot camp in which I was attending out in Colorado, um, struggling with whether or not I even believed God spoke to me, um, or anyone for that matter, because my theology was such that God didn't speak to anybody other than through Scripture. And um, and I still believe God uses Scripture foremost, and that's the authoritative uh, aspect of it. But I, I experienced God speaking to me in a, in a way that was uh, vastly different. Um, and it wasn't sensational. It wasn't fantastical or anything like that. Um, but God spoke to me very clearly and gave me uh, some some pictures of of what He was attempting to do, and and actually told me at that point in time that this ministry would be birthed, and uh, literally talked to me about doing radio, and I had no clue, um, had never done radio before, and uh, so that was huge. But then, you know, since those times, probably the most impactful times have been um, when I've participated in um, what we sometimes call a covenant of silence or a listening prayer session um, at an advanced boot camp. Um, we had an, a listening prayer session and some guys um, 
felt like God was telling them that they needed to pray over me. And they didn't know me from Adam, so they didn't know my story at all. And, uh, and in praying for me and, and asking God what he had for me, um, you know, there was an immense amount of healing that began that day that um, is still coming to fruition, you know, as we speak. But um, it was a huge impactful moment, which um, literally changed the trajectory of, of my life and, and, you know, this ministry. It, it's part of what caused me to come you know, back and really try to start restoring some stuff that was broken between you and I and Robbie and I and, and others. Thank you. Rodney, what, what about you? For me, it's kind of interesting because we didn't, you posed that question, but you never, we, nobody said a word and we get in here and everybody's saying the same thing. And it's like, yeah, talking to God, uh, getting that direct, intimate relationship and that conversation with him that's practical like you said not sensational it's just i i you know i prayed but i've never had a conversation and to hear from god for the first time going what was that <laughs> was that me was that you lord and then there were things that follow up it's like okay that was the lord speaking to me because other things happened getting confirmation watching others in the camps and outside the camps that is what has happened because we a lot of these people you guys are in very good touch with and you get stories that keep coming back in between camps and people come back to camps and they tell you even more and just to see their pictures and their stories and their lives grow and how mine is changing it, you know that god's there god's with you and god's with them and it's just overwhelming um that and then basically the inside you know what we talk about it's been the agreements mm -hmm. just number one was getting into the point of oh I'm making agreements with that third person on stage. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, I'm making agreements with Satan. These are things I have to stop doing. I have to just do stop doubting myself. I have to stop putting myself down and putting myself right where the enemy wants me away from God mm -hmm. and learning those things and being able to spot that in my life quickly, being able to, well, not always immediately go put that away, but there's been days I'll live in it. I'm not, I'm not denying this. I'm not denying this. And eventually God works on you like, okay, I deny it. I'm not that person. But those are, those are the main things. Robbie? Mine goes with this clip of, of a new name. Okay. But, you know. <laughs> well, we'll get to yours next then. I'll go and then we'll, we'll get to the next clip. Yeah, for me, it, boy, there's so many of them. But I would have to say the one that, that really hit me while we were sitting in here was when God helped me to understand that the wound wasn't my fault. You know, even though dealing with the molestation issues and, and, and stuff like that, there was a level of it that I took <coughs> it as my own fault. And when God could help me break that agreement, man, then the healing could pour in, right? And, and there's still continued healing. I don't deal with that issue at, hardly at all anymore. There's other issues I'm still, God's still working on. But, you know, that was one that was just such a huge anchor in my life, and I didn't realize it. I didn't realize how much it had changed me from how God had designed me to be and how much it had made me become a different person. Just living in that agreement, living in that, you know, I, you know this, this, this horrible things that happened to me were partly my own fault, right? And it sounds silly, but the agreements kind of work that way. You know, they feel true, and so you agree with them, and then they become truth in your life as long as they have power and, you, and, and you're bound to those until God helps you break them.
Now, Robbie, you want to get to the, the clip and talk a little bit about yours? Yeah, well, I, I, you know, I love this clip. It's from Hacksaw Ridge. And the, the drill sergeant in this case is giving everybody a new name, <laughs> which has to do to an extent with, you know, actually grace from my perspective that, you know, when you love somebody, you name them. You know, and they become your favorite, and so you got sort of like this pet name. Well, interestingly, the sergeant had a very unique way of, of, of naming his team members, don't you think? Absolutely, and so let's listen to how he did that. You are a very strange-looking individual, if you don't mind me saying so, Private. Name? Andy Walker. How long have you been dead, son? <laughs> sir? I am not sir! I am Sergeant Howe or Sarge! Sir, you <laughs> safe for useless people! The name is Ghoul, you say? Walker. Sergeant! Ghoul it is. Yes, Sergeant! There's something off in your presentation, Private. Can't place it. Is it your hair? Is it the wrinkle in your trousers? I have a knife in my foot, Sergeant. Oh, yes. Of course. That's it, the knife. <coughs> what is your name, soldier? Smitty Riker. No, your name is Private Idiot. Do you know why? Because I have a knife in my foot. Who placed the knife there, Private? It was an accident, Sarge. We was playing stretch. I'm heartened by the knowledge you did not place it there with intention. Who threw the knife? I did, Sergeant. Private Krasinski. You look part Indian. To what tribe do you belong, son? No, no, I'm, I'm Polish. Wrong. I believe you must have Cherokee or Shawnee blood in you. No, sir. Are you contradicting me? Let me see your Indian war cry, son! I, I don't... <laughs> What is your animal spirit? Are you a garter snake? No, Sergeant! Are you a chipmunk? No, Sergeant! Are you a dancing reindeer? No, Sergeant! Are you contradicting me, Private? No, Sergeant! Good. Then I shall henceforth call you Chief as a sign of great respect to your people. Thank you, Sergeant! Are you grinning at me, boy, or is that your natural state? No, Sergeant. Name, Private? Desmond Dawes. I have seen stocks of corn with better physiques. Makes me want to pull an ear off, Private. Can you carry your weight? Yes, Sergeant. Should be easy for you then. Corporal. Sergeant. Make sure you keep this man away from strong winds. Yes, Sergeant. Private idiot. Yes, Sergeant. Raise your foot. Higher. Everyone outside, now. Move it. I said move it. All right, just get him a uniform, Sergeant. Should I ask him too, Corporal? No memory of it, Sergeant. I believe any man who takes such pride in his natural naked state will surely enjoy the brisk of the outdoors. Now move your privates, private parts. Move it, you son of an exhibitionist. <laughs> the, the brisk of the outdoors, you know, that's just. <laughs> the brisk, yeah. Yeah, that's part of what we experience at the boot camp. So we have a new name talk, mm -hmm. uh, which, you know, I was probably at my third boot camp. I'd heard the talk and never could hear what my name was. Um, the talk before it uh, was the wound talk. And when I heard that talk, that particular boot camp, it sent me into quite a, sp a spin. I had this horrible headache. I played paintball. I couldn't figure out what was going on, why I felt so bad. And I remember Darren saying something about uh, at another boot camp where, you know, people consider normal to be whatever they grew up in. So, you know, somebody says that, you know, they had their arm hacked off, you know, just normal stuff like that, you know. <laughs> and so I thought, you know, I suppose my suicide attempts probably weren't normal. You know, you, it's not something you talk about all that much. And, and so I thought, you know, I wonder 
And I really could not remember why I had attempted suicide when I was 16. I just knew that I had. And I, I'm, I'm going to bet there's a wound in there. <laughs> Whatever it is, I can't get to it. And so I went to this new name talk, and Sam gave this amazing talk, and he described what we talked about a minute ago with being the, you know, the, the fact you know, that you have this identity and that Satan's been attacking it your whole life. But you could ask God. Um, go out in your covenant of silence and ask him, you know, what he calls you. So I was actually driving back to do the Christian Car Guy show because I was a complete slacker and I was not staying at the camp like Darren wanted me to. And I do a lot of talking behind the wheel, being a Christian Car Guy. Of course, I was going 55. Anybody's <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, God, not unlike the sergeant here, throws a name out there, which I found highly insulting. <laughs> You know, at the moment, he says, you know, Robbie, I, I call you faithful. And I was like, you what? Like, am I like a dog, man? I mean, I don't get a cool name like, you know, Braveheart. You know, you're looking for something cool and you get faithful. Like, man, like I feel like old Yeller or something. And what's up with that? And, and Geezer, geyser. Geezer, geyser, <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> and God says, really, Robbie, let's work with this name here a minute. I think you're really missing the point. This is a tremendous name. And I was like, okay, I'm not feeling that at all, but if you say so. But just, you know, to humor you and the whole situation, you know, how would you attack faithful? You know, if what Sam and Darren are telling me and Mark Varner and the people, if, if what they're telling me is true, then Satan's coming after something in this faithfulness. Where, how would you attack it? And it was like dominoes fell, like my whole life just kind of flashed, like click, 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 click. Oh, this betrayal, that betrayal, this betrayal, that betrayal. If you know my story, it's, it's pretty thick. And then all of a sudden, boom, man, I remember my 16th birthday came up like, like I was reliving it. And my point guard... Brian Youngkin is coming up the driveway. I'm walking up the same time. To, I'm supposed to go out with Sue Truesdale, who's my girlfriend, and Brian, my point guard's coming up. And I'm like, you know, Brian, what are you doing here? Oh, I'm taking Sue out. I'm like, no, you're not. This is my girl. It's my birthday. No, it was betrayal from both the girl and from Brian. And that was the night. And from that connection, like, oh, my word. I could clearly see that the enemy wasn't Susan, it wasn't Brian, it wasn't my office manager at Westside, it was all this structure in order to take away something that God had given me uniquely, which was to be faithful. <coughs> and he began to unpack that in my life, which is born fruit, just unbelievable. Thank you. It's, the new name is a powerful part. Because it helps lead you, we call it the new name, but and ironically, it's what God always intended, right? That the enemy saw early on and tried to take out, right? Preemptive strikes. He didn't even wait on you to raise your head. A lot of times he was whacking at you long before you ever raised your head above level, right? He has a way of reaching down into the pit, you know, and hitting you. And so he's been trying to take you out. And so you have this new name, this name that feels new to you, was truly a big part of your identity, so, so what are some of the names that, that God's helped you guys see other than faithful? Uh, well, um, kind of the same thing. I mean, uh, I was at a boot camp, and, and God clearly said, Darren, you're dangerous. And, and I, I immediately went, I know, I know, I'm sorry. I'm trying to quit. Could you help me with that? And, and 
God said, no, you don't get it. And I was like, no, I get it. I, I really do. You know, and I'm, I'm arguing with the person that I didn't believe talked to me. Um, and so, I, you know, I'm saying, no, no, I get it. I really do. I, you know, I'm dangerous. I've, I've hurt people. I've, you know, I've, I've hurt churches. I've blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, Lord, I'm trying to repent. Would you help me with that? And he was like, no, you still don't get it. You're dangerous because I made you that way. I made you dangerous. I need you to be dangerous for the kingdom, not for Satan, but for the kingdom. I need some dangerous people. I need some people who will go out in front. I need guys that will get shot at first. I need guys to to take risks. And that was not a good thing for me. I I didn't like that, actually. I was like, no, I I don't don't want that. I'm tired of getting shot at, quite frankly. I'm tired of being out in front all the time. Um, it, It was, again, just like Robbie was saying, it was the source of most of my woundedness. And so hearing the name and then trying to put it together with, well, no, wait, that doesn't make any sense. This has created the most woundedness. Well, yeah, because that's where you bear the image of me and that's what satan hates yeah he doesn't like you darren but he really hates me and anytime you begin to reflect my image he will send arrows your way so do you want to keep getting hit by them or do you want to learn how to fight and um Oh, and Darren is actually one of the people in my life I respect more than anyone, and I'm exactly the opposite in my Which name. tells you an awful lot about Jim. <laughs> I, I'm attracted so to Thanks. dangerous, but when I heard my name, I'd heard it often in my life. It wasn't a surprise, and I, my response was, oh, come on. Can't you do better than that, God? My the first name I heard that he gave me was Gentle Giant, and I am very big, and I'm a pacifist. And God uses dangerous. God also needs folks that are healers, and that's part of what I try to do. And I'm quitting now. Sorry, Rodney. I stole the mic from him. I was being. So why come to the boot camp and why is it called a boot camp? The boot camp helps you step away from that place where you have to be not authentic with others. It allows you to find healing, restoration, to find out the way the enemy's been attacking you, to find out some of your identity in Christ, to help you walk in your genuine behavior of who you're meant to be. And what that does for others, it gives you freedom, but also provides them with a way to say, I want some of that. I want some of that freedom. Go to masculinejourney.org now to register.